You're listening to the podcast, So You Want to Be a Writer, with Valerie Koo and Allison Tate. Valerie is an author, journalist, and national director of the Australian Writers Centre, which is one of the world's leading providers of online and classroom courses for people who want to get published and write with confidence. Alison Tate is a freelance writer, blogger, and author of the best-selling series, The Mapmaker Chronicles. She has more than 20 years' professional writing experience. Each week, they explore the world of writing, publishing, and blogging to bring you news and opportunities, advice on how to succeed in the world of writing, interviews with top writers, and much more. With students enrolling from all over the world, you can find out more about the Australian Writer Centre at writercentre.com.au. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 171 of So You Want to Be a Writer. My name's Valerie Koo, and I'm here with Alison Tate. How are you, Al? I'm I'm all right. Yes, I'm I'm fine, Valerie. I'm fine. And you? How are That's, you? I'm good, thank you. So and you are you ready go. for a mini-sode? I am so ready for it. You know, okay. I was, it's really funny. I taught a class last week on dialogue to a bunch of grade fives, and um, I said to them, you know, that you take out all the stuff, you know, you take out the hi, hi, how are you, how are you? And you just get to the good, like you give your characters their best lines. So, uh, you know, I've been thinking about our podcast and I think we should just, you know, <laughs> we need to dispense with the hi, hi, how are you, I'm fine, how are you? <laughs> Go straight I, to the I stuff. think that's crap. I think that's polite. <laughs> Okay. I think that that's silly. I, right. I'm not going to dispense with it at all. I think that okay. it's a nice It's not thing a novel. It's a podcast. It's a totally Exactly. Different thing. All, you right. Know. Okay. all right. So, but before we launch into this mini-sode, and of course, if you're new to us, our mini-sode or our mini-sodes are what we drop into the uh, podcast lineup in between our regular programming. And they are, as the name suggests, mini. And sometimes we have interviews with authors. Sometimes we answer listener questions. And it's kind of like we do what we want, really, in the mini zone. <laughs> Whereas our regular <laughs> programming do. has quite a specific uh, structure with certain segments. So, but before we want to launch into what we're doing in this particular mini zone, we have a shout out. And that shout out is to Anna Weatherly from Australia. And Anna has very kindly left us a review on iTunes and she has said, Alison and Valerie are really personal, informal and candid. Their podcast covers a lot of territory helpful for new writers from formatting manuscripts, what not to do, thinking about genre, inspiring interviews and quotes from established authors and publishing advice. But most of all, they encourage you to keep going and they remain ever enthusiastic about writing. And 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 Anna also adds, I was able to send in a question which they responded to with expertise and warmth. Aww. And, of course, if you have a listener question that you would like us to answer, then email us podcast at writerscentre.com.au. That's podcast at writerscentre.com.au. But thank you so much, Anna. Really yes. appreciate it. And yeah. we are ever enthusiastic about writing, you know, like us. That's right. We were, it was so funny because I got a tweet during the week from um, one of our listeners who had 
come to us a little bit later and was working through our backlist. Let me just find out who that was because they had listened to over 100 hours of us babbling. I mean, you know, we're up to 170 here. It's more than 100 hours of us babbling on Mm. about writing. And it was Lauren Keegan. So, Lauren, I'm so glad that you're up to date with us. And um, we're very excited that you put the marathon effort in to listen to every single podcast back to the first one. So, um, but yeah, we are ever enthusiastic. And thank you so much, Anna, for, for leaving us a review. Yes, thank you, Anna. Really appreciate it. So let's move on to our listener questions for this week. We have a question from Lisa who has said, Hi, Alan Val. I've written a manuscript for a YA romance novel. It's set in a regional town which has a burger joint, a roller skating rink and a footy team. I've set the novel in 1998 and I'm guessing a novel about some teenagers 19 years ago might be difficult to sell. None of the teenagers have mobile phones or even use the internet. 90s fashion and nostalgia is big right now, but does that translate to books? If I change it up so that the novel has a more contemporary feel and is set in the current day, I'm worried that I will lose a lot of the conflict between the characters who spend time on payphones calling each other or avoiding calling each other at home in case a parent answers the phone. A huge part of the novel is about going roller skating on Saturday nights and I fear this would have to be thrown out too. Where I live in sunny Adelaide, skating is mostly limited to afternoon sessions and the rinks I grew up skating around have been closed for a long time now. My question is marketability. Would a manuscript about a teenager living in 1998 be marketable or profitable? Should I consider changing a lot of the story to bring it up to current day? Oh, great question. Thank you very much, Lisa. Um, So are you going to answer this or am I going to answer this? Where are we going to start, Val? Where should we begin? Okay, well, I began. I'm going to tell you that just while you were reading that question out to me, I did a little Google on Goodreads um, for YA set in the 1990s and I came up with a list of 58 books, um, some of them written, you know, in the 90s and some of them written now and set in the 90s. And they include books like The Perks of Being a Wallflower, Looking for Alla Brandy, The Future of Us, um, what else have we got here? Tape. We've got like um, we're talking about books that are incredibly popular books that are still selling today if they were written in the 90s or are selling today if they were written now about the 90s. So my thinking on this is if you've written a story that you're happy with, if your plot, if you're if you're really happy with the world you've created, with the storyline you've created, with the characters you've created, don't change it. Like it, it's, mm. it's um, I mean, it's practically an historical novel now. Like it, it always surprises me that 1998 is nearly 20 years ago and not the 10 that it feels. Um, yeah. You know, we're talking 20 years, but it's, it's, it's a, it, it, you know, if, if it's all, if the world comes together, the characters come together and the story comes together, then that's your book. Don't change it because that's, then it is a completely different, you're starting again. If you start, if you move into the, if you move your story from what it sounds like, into the contemporary age, you, you might, you're writing a new book. So save all that for another story and work on this um, work on mm. this one that you've written um, because, you know, clearly they're selling. They're out there. 
Definitely. I agree with Al 100%. And of course, um, uh, Matt Nabel's book, Guilt, most mm. of it, a lot of it is set in 1989. Uh, it does flip between 89 and 2009, but a lot of, when we're talking about the YA component of it, it was all set in 1989. Um, mm. Holly Throsby's latest book. So all of these were only written like last year. So, I mean, released last year. Uh, Holly Throsby's book was set in 1992. So um, they're they're definitely out there and you shouldn't limit yourself at all if you really are passionate about setting your uh, novel in that time and it works for you, just do it. Absolutely. I don't think that it makes – yeah, I think that you should stick with what feels best for you. Mm. What feels Um, right for the story. Yeah. So that was actually a short answer to your question because it was a really – Easy answer. All right, we have a different listener question, quite different, and this is, hi, I have a quick question. I've just started providing articles to an international publication. What is the best, most cost-effective way to receive international payments for work? I want to avoid losing too many hard-earned dollars in fees. And and that's a question from Hannah. Okay. Okay. Hi, Hannah. All right. That's what do you got for us, Val? Good question. All right. I've written for quite a number of international publications, and of course, yes, that is true. That it's you don't want to lose too much in fees. Of course, the most, um, the easiest way, and potentially, potentially with the least fees, uh, is through PayPal. It's certainly the easiest way. But a huge number of publishers, especially the big ones, don't pay by PayPal. No. (laughs) Nor do they pay by credit card, even if you accept credit Mm -hmm. card. They have this old-fashioned system where they want to pay by bank account or pay by check. Still, Mm -hmm. I know, by check. Mm -hmm. Can you believe it? But that is, that's what it's like. And you can, when you receive a, a check in US dollars or, and often they want to pay in their currency, not your yep. currency. Sometimes they'll pay in your currency, but often they want to pay in their currency. And when you receive a check in another currency, you are hit with fees. Mm. So, and quite frankly, they are unavoidable. The bank isn't going to change their system for you. So what I have done in the past is I have asked the um, the publisher to try and group my invoices together or, in fact, I don't actually invoice separate invoices. I, I group the invoice together as mm. in I wait till I've done, you know, three stories or whatever and I group them all in the same invoice. So at least when I'm doing it, when I'm hit with a per transaction fee, uh, I only get hit once instead of three times. So do something mm. practical like that is group mm. stuff together. Um, and you can always ask them and suggest to them, oh, do you do PayPal? Or, oh, can you do it by this method? Or, oh, can you pay in um, my currency? Of course you can ask. Uh, sometimes they'll say okay and a lot of the times they'll say no. Um, I then went to the effort of once because I was receiving so much from uh, a particular publisher overseas that I opened a bank account in that country so that I would be paid in still their currency but I would not be – the fees were very minimal because they were just transferring to a bank account in their own country. And that worked for a period and they would um, transfer to my bank account in that country. Uh, But then – whatever, someone left and someone took over and despite multiple attempts to say, hey, I'm making it easy for you guys, I have a bank account in your currency in your country, 
they still insisted on paying me by check um, to my, you know, to Australia, which which meant, uh, and and they did bother of this is weird converting it to Australian dollars, so I couldn't actually then bank it into the bank account in their country. <laughs> <laughs> So I had to be hit with the bank fees in Australia. So you just try a number of different things, but sometimes when you're dealing with the big publishers, they just have a system and they're, and you're a pain if you are doing something outside of their system. And so in those situations, my only recourse or my only strategy was to group my invoices to avoid the per-transaction bank fees. But hopefully I believe that over time – as the world becomes flatter and more global, they will find that a lot of an increasing number of their freelancers are scattered all over the world. And hopefully over time, more publishers will realize that the ease and simplicity of something like PayPal, or there might be a PayPal equivalent in two years, um, is going to be an easy thing for them. But uh at this I, stage? I sincerely hope so because if, as any author who's ever worked with an overseas publisher, you know, of, of fiction, of novels will tell you. Um, so I, uh, several years ago, co-authored a book um, which was sold to a US publisher. It was an e-book um, only deal. And it's sort of like, it's still out there, the e-book, but the royalties that we get, because there's not, you know, it's kind of like it's an, an older title now and all that sort of stuff. Um, so we get we get royalty checks. They will send us checks from the US in US dollars, but they will be things like, you know, I, I have one here that's $13.17 because it gets split between two of us. Um, and the actual book itself, as I said, is not really being promoted or whatever. Um, so I get a check for $13.17 that then costs me $10 in oh transaction fees to cash. So my accountant and I discuss these checks because some of them are, you know, it's ridiculous. Some of them are eight bucks and it's going to cost me ten dollars we've asked them to you know stop sending them to us we've done like the whole rent and he suggests my accountant said to me well you could always just wallpaper your office with them that's probably a more useful use of them than actually banking them so you know there's that (laughs) oh my goodness yes well bring on the 21st century to some publishers (laughs) right it's crazy 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 anyway so i hope that answers your question Yes, hope that answers your question. So that is our mini-sode, nice and mini for this week. Mini. Yes. Uh, so in the meantime, Al, where do we find you online? You'll find me at alisontait.com, A-L-L-I-S-O-N-T-A-I-T.com. You'll find me on Twitter at, at Al Tate, A-L-T-A-I-T, and you will find me on Facebook and Instagram at Alison Tate Writer. And you, Valerie? You'll find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O, on Twitter and Instagram, where I'm spending a fair bit of time, Instagram. <laughs> and also feel free to connect with me on Facebook. Uh, just search for Valerie Koo. I'd love to connect with you. And you can find all of the show notes uh, to this podcast at so you want to be a writer.com.au. So thanks for listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Writer. You'll find the show notes at writercentre.com.au slash podcast or sign up for our awesome and often hilarious weekly newsletter at writerscentre.com.au slash news where you'll find writing resources, giveaways, competitions and much more.